This is Ag Bioscience. Welcome and thanks for joining. I'm Mitch Frazier, President and CEO of Agrinovus Indiana, and this is the podcast where we explore all things Ag Bioscience. The people, the products, and innovations across food, animal health, plant science, and ag tech. We're joined today by a tech and food journalist whose bylines have gained acclaim on news sources ranging from GigaOM to AgFunder News. She's insightful, she's smart, and she's just wrapping up a visit to Indiana. Welcome, Jen Marston, senior reporter with AgFunder News. Jen, welcome to Ag Bioscience. Thanks, Mitch. I'm glad to be here. It's been a, a excellent couple of days with you all. Well, we appreciate you investing the time. And Jen, I can't wait to get into AgFunder News, give some background into what's happening in the venture space in Ag, in, in ag Bioscience. But first, we have to hear your story. We got to learn who who you are, Jennifer. Your background, amazing in tech, tech journalism, food journalism, now ag bioscience. Tell us more about the story that is Jen. Yeah, absolutely. So I I guess I got into tech journalism uh, right after the recession, the 2008 recession. Like uh, a lot of folks, I was out of a job. Um, from my previous job. And so it was, I mean, it was really random, to be honest. It was one of those friend of a friend situations. Um, but I started working for a tech news site called Gigaome. And I was with them uh, about five years. Um, that iteration of the company at that point uh, went under for various, there are various theories on on why that happened. You can read them all online still. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, but my uh, one of my old bosses from GigaOM actually had uh, left a couple years previous and had gone off and started. Uh, so is Michael, I'll give Michael a plug here on the sure. podcast. Uh, he started the Smart Kitchen Summit, and which is an event, a food tech event and corresponding website called The Spoon. And we just you know, had kind of kept in touch. And so I started writing for him and got deeper and deeper into the food tech and, and discovered ag tech through that and really just got very, very excited about, um, you know, the problems that some of these startups are solving for around hunger, around climate, around health uh, is just so important right now totally. to the world we live in. And so that really, that, I guess you'd say, led me to AgFunder. And I'm a senior reporter there now. And uh, yeah, so now I get to uh, talk about that stuff all day, which is amazing and can be incredibly depressing at the end of the day sometimes when we talk about, you know, but it's, uh, it's important to have conversations around, you know, climate, around, uh, accessibility for uh, food and, and things like that. So, yeah. It's a giant spectrum, right? It's From, huge. We yeah. think about science innovation and animal health. We think about ag tech and AI. I mean, the, the whole spectrum in between. And that is where Ag Funder News really focuses. For those that may not know, kind of give a flyover, if you would, of what is Ag Funder News and maybe even the relationship to Ag Funder broadly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So let's actually start with the relationship. Ag Funder is a VC firm sure. and invests uh, in food tech and ag tech startups. And some years ago, decided to sort of build its own media wing, if you will. It's it's separate in the sense that, you know, I'm not 
quoting the fund folks right. for sources and stuff. We're very, very strict about keeping that wall up. Um, but AgFunder News, uh, our parent company's AgFunder. Uh, AgFunder News, we cover, uh, yeah, as you said, I mean, the spectrum is enormous. It's, you know, everything from developments in precision ag to animal health to uh, indoor farming, what we call novel farming system, to alternative protein, uh, restaurant tech, food delivery, you name it. And, you know, the list could go on and on and on um, in terms of what we cover. It's it's really about who's doing something different, who's yeah. looking at these really important problems the world faces right now and who's really bringing innovation in the in the true sense of the word because i think innovation is an overused word of the century um <laughs> actually that's disrupt um but uh yeah i mean it's really looking at you know who is pushing the envelope on on solving some of these problems and how is tech doing that how is tech helping that yeah, AgFunder News. It's been so fun over the last couple of days. Uh, what, last 24, 36 hours, whatever yeah. we've been together. All of the folks who are in the ag bioscience economy here coming to you, talking about the power that they see in AgFunder News. I think one of the biggest pieces that we've all come to rely on is the annual reports mm -hmm. and what's happening, big trends. If you would, Jen, give us a state. If at the most macro, what's happening in ag bioscience venture, food tech, ag tech broadly? Yeah. So the uh, total amount uh, of we agri-food tech is sort of the umbrella term sure. for ag tech, food tech, all of that. And that agri-food tech raised about $50 billion last year. And this is wow. according to um, Ag Funders annual report. Um so that is a huge jump from I think it was twenty six billion the previous year, almost double. Yeah, almost double. Um, deal count went considerably up, and you know we we obviously don't have the visual here on a podcast, but that uh, annual report includes a graph of food agri food tech investment from twenty twelve up to twenty twenty one, and it's it's sort of this steady. Um, or almost steady growth, and then it just shoots way up uh, in 2021. And you know, we this has come up a lot in the last couple of days. There's a lot of things driving that crazy investment, um, and it's you know, it's COVID. It's all it's the fallout from the year 2020 and right. how that changed things. It's the supply chain chaos. It's the war in Ukraine and its impact on everything from input prices to uh, you know how to getting grain to countries in Africa that rely on that as a food source. Um, inflation, obviously, a, a top of mind, especially for many many Americans right now. Um, and, you know, food is the, we always say, I think somebody said last night, you know, you uh, can't think on an empty stomach or, yes. or something like that. You know, it's such a basic, it is the most basic um, human need. And so when that is impacted, whether it's an access issue or uh, a money issue, you know, it's uh, 
price of granola goes up in the grocery store or, you know, things like that. Um, it's, it's huge. It become, it can become a huge problem very, very quickly, I think. And I think that's what's happening. And I think we're seeing, um, just money flow into the space because it's, it's suddenly become very important to solve some of these problems. Now, the one thing I'll say about that 50, $51 billion mm -hmm. mark is that that it was driven uh, somewhat by this segment we call e-grocery, and that is grocery delivery services. It, um, somewhat, you know, the Instacarts of the world, but a lot of it from this quick commerce segment of that, which is essentially for uh, those who aren't familiar with it, these companies stock, you know, everything from like little pints of Ben and Jerry's to you know, dish soap and stuff in these uh, teeny tiny little fulfillment centers in dense urban areas. So in New York and Chicago, um, you can order online from them and they will promise to get you your items in, you know, it's 10 minutes or less, 15 minutes or less. That category just exploded. And for obvious reasons, I mean, people were staying home more even after 2020 and into 2021. Um, it was like the perfect solution for right. homebound people dealing with a, a global public health crisis. So, uh, the valuations would just went crazy for that particular segment and the fundraises, you know, multi-million dollar fundraises. Um, so that was a huge chunk of the investment uh, of just all agri-food tech investment. Um, what has happened since then, though, is that these companies are not doing well. Um, they're doing huge layoffs, they're exiting markets, some are shutting down. Um, it's, it's you know, a very different, it's, it's a tough, uh, the model hasn't proven itself to be profitable yet. Right. And uh, as we know, this is a really tough environment right now for just investing, for raising money and for running a, a startup basically. So, um, those companies, you know, unfortunately, that's the kind of stuff that consumers start to push off as soon as times get tough. If you're buckling the, or what's the phrase, tightening the belt right. or whatever, right. uh, because of inflation, for example, you're not going to pay the delivery fee and the service fees and everything to get some uh, ice cream sent to your door quickly. You're, you're saving that money. Um, and for a lot of people, and we talked about this last night, the grocery delivery is is not a possibility because you know there's a accessibility issue right. there as well. Um, but those are the kinds of things that will start to go by the wayside as times get uh, economically difficult for folks. I think navigating that environment, navigating the geopolitical instability, as you talked about moving grain, or we talk about raising interest rates or rising interest rates, or we look at inflation's effect on food prices, as we've talked about, you know, this hype cycle exists. And we've talked about this a little bit mm -hmm. of this idea where everyone's hyper excited about, oh my gosh, I can go on my phone and whether it's, you know, to name a couple companies, Joker, a GoPuff, mm -hmm. pick your favorites, they'll deliver my Ben and Jerry's, as you mentioned earlier, right to my house. That's incredible. But then as we get to the period that I think we're probably in now in that category is that trough of disillusionment mm -hmm. of, 
okay, what what are these fees? What do these things actually mean to my bottom line, my personal income statement? And we'll see. I think we'll see some. I mean, shipped got bought by Target. Mm-hmm. What back in. 17, 18, Seven, yeah, something like that. 17. And and the folks there are doing really incredible work as part of Target and doing some things beyond Target. I think there's some really good things happening there. Jen, as you look at sort of navigating that trough of disillusionment, as you look at all of the pieces and parts of what's happening in ag bioscience, John Deere made big moves last year with their Bayer flag acquisition. We've seen things happen across the ag bioscience economy. What's ahead? What What do you think? What are the big trends that we're going to pull out as we look to the months and years ahead? Yeah. Well, I think in the, I mean, climate tech is huge and that's, that's a real broad term for a lot of different things. Some of it is more, you know, related to energy and, and things like that. In ag and food, it's, um, you're really looking at um, ways to make farming more sustainable, whether that's through precision ag, whether it's through crop biologicals that, you know, you don't have to, you know, spray as much nitrogen or something. Um, we talked a little bit about agroforestry, which is a, a very, very ancient concept that's, you know, suddenly everybody's talking about it. I think the Magnetic Ag newsletter recently went out all about agroforestry. Um, so definitely ways to make farming more sustainable. I think we will see more with carbon farming and how do we um, how do we enable farmers to a do it, do you know, plant cover crops that can capture carbon, uh, do more agroforestry, which is also great for carbon sequestration. Um, also, how can they more easily enter carbon markets? That's a big question. Mm-hmm. The Man- uh, measurement, reporting, and verification aspect of carbon markets is very fragmented and inconsistent right now. So I think there's a lot of folks looking to solve that. And that's um, in kind of the ag sector also beyond it. So that's that's a, a very large problem that is going to get solved. It's just a matter of of when. Um, I think, you know, if we, if we go back to... Um, e-grocery for a second. And I agree with you. I don't, it, I don't think it's going to disappear. Right. Um, but we have entered that phase of correction mm-hmm. of having, it's a, actually a little bit like where controlled environment agriculture is right now. Um, the hype, you know, the, is not paying off <laughs> to put it bluntly. And now we've entered a period of correction. Now we've entered a period where people are going to start having much more honest conversations about what is actually possible. Um, I think you'll see at least in the next year, probably the funding sort of shift a little bit away from some of those more consumer facing downstream things like e-grocery and head back up towards the farm, obviously, and the lab biotech is Mm -hmm. huge. I mean, it's, it's, a lot of people I've spoken to call it, you know, the next kind of revolution, if you will. Um, so, you know, I think probably sustainable farming and biotech are probably two of the biggest things. And of course, there's a million little categories sure. under those terms. But yeah, those are huge right now. One of my favorite CEOs says, hey, look, the first step in sustainability is profitability. Mm-hmm. Because without a profitable company, you can't... Imp- 
impact sustainability, right? You have to you have to generate profitability to actually have sustainability. And I would maybe argue as we look at e-grocery, as we look at some of these, uh, maybe even CEA in some cases, the economic model has to work as well. And yeah. I think in some of those cases, that's why venture is such an incredibly important piece of it is because it's venture by definition, right? It, there is risk capital associated with going to figure out a model and eventually we could probably say the first step to sustainability is profitability and maybe the next step is durability, right? Mm -hmm. This idea of how do we create a business model that actually generates net income that we can continue to, to grow the business. Maybe one last question for you, Jen, before we wrap up. We're talking with Jennifer Marston. She's a senior reporter with Ag Funder News. Jen, you have spent some time now in Indiana. Mm -hmm. uh, I love your perspective of there's these pockets of innovation that are happening outside of the coast. If you would maybe give us a quick flyover of where you're seeing innovation happen here, not in the coasts, and uh, maybe a quick reaction to what's happening in Indiana. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and I I always say, you know, I'm, I myself am from a landlocked-ish state. <laughs> uh, I've, I'm born and raised in Tennessee. So I've always really, I don't know, maybe it's a soft spot in my heart for places that are not the coasts and, and you know, uh, giving them attention because there are amazing things happening. Um, so, you know, I think one of the biggest ones for ag right now is uh, St. Louis, Missouri. There's a lot of stuff happening there. They've got uh, the 39 North Innovation District, the Donald Danforth Plant Science Center, um, BioSTL, which is kind of the biotech hub of the city. Um, and it in many ways, I almost see, um, I can almost see Indianapolis go, not replicating it, but kind of going in a similar direction. You have these different lanes, as we were saying earlier, right. uh, that can come together. They're doing their own thing, but also there's some crossover and, and things like that. Um, Kansas City has some ag innovation as well, for sure. Um, Boston is coastal. It's obviously a big biotech scene but um and then there are also little bitty pockets of just more food tech uh there's some things happening in boise idaho which who would have thought actually right. uh and then you know chicago obviously uh i think one of the things that i constantly hear talking to people from these places though sure. is um, I, I will ask, and, and this is sort of a big takeaway I got from spending time here in Indiana. Um, you know, I ask, what drives this ecosystem? What's setting it apart? And it always comes back to the number one thing is this community, is yeah. this connection we have with one another, these different lanes coming together. And I think that that's I will tell you without naming names, um, <laughs> I have sat in offices of various, you know, food and ag tech accelerators and tech companies and, and uh, incubators and this, that and the other over the years in places like New York and San Francisco. And I just don't get the same kind of, you know, spirit, warmth, uh, sense of community that I get when I come to these other places. I think uh, that is a huge asset that I, I really hope stays. Like, I hope that it doesn't disappear, even if, for example, Indianapolis, when you all really start to become a, a you know, 
globally known hub. Like, I hope that what do Hoosier Hospitality yeah, is well that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I hope that remains a core part of it because I think, especially, we're talking about back to food just being a very fundamental, basic, um, basic need. Um, you know, I I think that given the issues we have in this country and worldwide with hunger, given the issues we're facing with climate, this is this is a everybody needs to come together to solve it thing, right. not a I'm going to outdo your company. I mean, yes, competition will always exist and it's, you know, we need competition, but we also need a hospitable spirit uh, to take on these massive problems that, you know, in living history, we haven't faced. Yeah. So, yeah, that's I think that's a, the probably the besides the individual companies and, and talent and innovation like that piece of it, I think, is just really amazing. And I hope it sticks around forever with you all. Yeah, me too. OK, I, I'm going to I lied. I'm going to have yet one more question for you. Why <laughs> okay. not? Right. Why not? We're together. Uh, this is a real quick one. Three things you're walking away from Indianapolis, central Indiana, Indiana at large as it relates to ag bioscience. Okay. Um, I mean, sense of community and, yes. and just in, interactions, um, proximity to the the rest of the country and just food and farming in general. I mean, we're in the middle of farms. Uh, so just, you know, it's fairly central to the rest of the population, which I think as we start to see food production go more local, that's going to be really, really important. And then let's see, for number three, I think um, I think I'm also walking away with uh, a, it's not all about the returns. Like the, it's innovating with a greater purpose in mind. I mean, yeah, sure, it's it's always about the return. You know, that that's always going to be there. But it is this, um, I get the sense that people really believe in what they're doing and believe they're doing it for a reason that is greater than one you can stick in a slide deck and show to a, the board. Um, and I think that that is... Um, I think part of that is, you know, we've got the new generation Gen Z coming up and there's a lot of data out there about how that generation is really that's they want work with a purpose and things like that. So that's part of the reason. But yeah, I mean, it's it's very palpable here is that sense of purpose. I love it. Purpose matters. And Jen, we look forward to seeing all of your work on Ag Funder News. She is Jennifer Marston, senior reporter with Ag Funder News. Jen, thanks so much for investing the time to spend here with us and yeah. in Indiana. Well, thank you. I've, I've had a great time and I will be back. Oh, I love it. I love <laughs> it. And thank you for tuning in to Ag Bioscience. You can get the latest Ag Bioscience news and insights by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. While there, you can access our entire library of archived episodes and give us a review. Don't forget, you can always learn more online at agronovasindiana.com. On behalf of the entire Agronovas team, I'm Mitch Frazier saying thanks for listening. We look forward to seeing you real soon. This podcast is a product of Agrinovus Indiana in collaboration with Inside Indiana Business, hosted by Mitch Frazier, panel episodes by Gary Dick, produced by Kayla Chittister and Fabian Rodriguez, photography by Kaylee Kerr. To get all ag bioscience news all the time, visit agrinovusindiana.com.